Animal Magnetism, exploring animal care for creatures great and small, conservation and preservation in today's world. Find out what a single voice can do to make a difference in the lives of animals. Animal Magnetism with Carolyn Hennessy starts right now on UVN Radio. Hello, all of you out there in podcast land. I'm Carolyn Hennessy, and I am your host for uh, this episode of Animal Magnetism, which should have been, in fact, I thought it was going to be, an entire episode devoted to our second, uh, it it would have been our second homage to SeaWorld, our second episode in our homage to SeaWorld, but uh, this particular episode is going to be a little short, short SeaWorld, and uh, we are going to be having a chat uh, after these clips uh, with our very, very dear friend, co-host, my animal mentor, the Alpha and the Omega, Dr. Grace Stafford, who is with us. I am also joined by my co-host for these episodes, and maybe, I don't know, maybe it might become a permanent thing, Uh, Tracy Powell. Hello, and thank you for being here. Andrea Compton, um, not missing in action. She is, uh, once again, behind the scenes, my producer and uh, and, and my, I guess, now the third co-host, the original and the third. And she is up doing her thing uh, outside of Seattle, so we miss her uh, every time she is not here. But you've, you've got Tracy and Gray and I today. And so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to... Uh, look at the last 15 minutes of last Sunday's show, which is a wonderful conversation that I had on the boat uh, coming back from releasing sea lions back into the water after they had been um, rehabilitated by SeaWorld Rescue and what a wonderful job they do. And it's just a conversation that I had with Jody Westerberg, who's, again, like the alpha and the omega of SeaWorld. Awesome. She is. She's incredibly awesome. Of SeaWorld Rescue. And it's just a thing about tips that you can think, tips you can do in your own life to help further the conservation movement and therefore the preservation movement. Um, a little bit more about what SeaWorld Rescue does and the philosophy behind it, this amazing philosophy that this corporation has. And tacked on to the end of that is going to be about seven minutes and 30 seconds of what I thought was going to be, again, an elongated episode, but it's Tracy and I and the SeaWorld Rescue team on the rocks uh, at at La Jolla, at La Jolla Cove or La Jolla Beach, uh, talking about the sea lions that come up and sun themselves on the rocks, the moms that, that are nursing their pups there on the rocks, and one sea lion in particular, which is the whole reason for us to have gone there, uh, they got a call that there is a sea lion with netting wrapped around its neck, and apparently it had been there so long that the netting was starting to kind of cut into the flesh of the sea lion. And so they got so many calls, which is one, kind of wonderful in a way because it's the public becoming involved, but the public doesn't necessarily know what to do, how far to go, how far can they can they get, you know, how close can they get to that sea lion? And so they, of course, they call SeaWorld Rescue. And it's a very interesting seven and a half minutes as to them making the call as to can they go out and try and get this sea lion, bring it back into SeaWorld, back into the rescue, rescue area, and try and cut this, cut this netting off, rehabilitate it, and then send it out. And it's going to be interesting. You will see what 
what the decision was that day. It's and it's and why, and why. And so it's not simply it's not black and white. There are so many so many factors that uh, that play into the rescue of an animal. So let's take a look at first of all the last fifteen minutes of the first episode of my love letter to SeaWorld, and then and then those seven minutes of us trying to determine whether or not they can rescue this particular sea lion. So take a look. I know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm kind of overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed with, with today. Every, you know, and this is the second time I've done this. So you would think I'd be old hat at this, but no, I get very, very emotional. I was just going to say, so I saw you get a little emotional. And a I little. Know why I do. I'm a, I'm a big crier when it comes to rehabbing yeah, these animals. But, but you, what? You, you do this all the time. This is your life. This is what you do. You, you get them, you make them healthy, and then you send them back home, and it's like, it's like they you know, like they kind of become your your kids in a way, you know. I always say it's like parents sending their kids off to kindergarten for the first time. That's the feeling where you know you've done everything you can do for them. You've given them the skill set, and now it's up to them. Like that's what it is for I think all of us when we return the animals back to the wild. Right. It's our favorite thing we do. It's like sending our kids off to school. One of the things people will always ask us too is when you rescue these animals, don't you become attached to them? Yes. And we do, but it's different because we know from the beginning the entire goal is, is to get them back out yeah, there. Yeah, because it really I is a, a second chance at life. For some of, a, some of them, it's a third. It's a, a third, fourth, fourth chance. Yeah, so, it, so in that aspect, yes, we're attached to them, but the best moment for us is always what you did with us today, and that's returning them back to the wild. I think your attachment comes... Hmm. So I want to know what was well, making you emotional about 73, the shark bite going back into the water. Well, just the fact that, you know, you go up against a shark and your odds of getting away are just really slim. But he did. And um, and it's extraordinary. And now I just don't want him to meet up with a shark again. But we say you know, he's I, a survivor. I think I, well, I think I got very emotional when I was actually talking to him because you just have a sense that they know that you care for them so much. Mm -hmm. They look back. Yeah, no, I... I think it's why I just get so... I am befuddled. I am absolutely befuddled by the individuals who, when you go and you try and save these animals, throw bottles at you and throw rocks at you and spit on you. And I am... It's, it's not even that I'm angry. I'm just... Stunned. I'm just absolutely stunned at the lack of thought that goes into the big picture and what you're trying to accomplish. And it's because because you're doing it's nothing short of because when when they are all saved, we are saved, and when they go, we go. And I always, I always like to say the sea lions are speaking to us because when you think about them, they are mammal. They're like us. They're mammals. They're going in the same ocean water we're going in. They're eating the same types of fish and food that yep. we're eating. Everything that impacts them impacts us. us. And if we don't listen to what they're saying, that we are seeing more toxins in the blubber layers, we are we are polluting not just their ocean home, but our ocean home. We're polluting everything we eat that comes out of the ocean. Yeah. And people don't realize that. People just consume things like sushi and sashimi. And, and when it just, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just like in, in the pie hole. That's without even without even coming realizing that everything that's coming that's draining from civilization into the ocean is 
turning it into a, well, a sewer. And we're consuming what comes out of that. And it's um, and 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 the only way we're gonna we're gonna be able to clean it up is to understand what's going in. And the and one of the best ways is 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 with our our, our seagoing friends. Like when you saw today when that sea lion looked you in the eye and you looked back, you had well, that moment. Oh, please. <laughs> no, please. but I was. I'm I become you blubbering, blubbering. I'm blubber. I blubber. I'm a blubbering I've been, fool. I'm holding it in. But well, it you're also, better than a, I am. It's a it's a great moment. I always look at it too as now it's a great moment for us to be able to talk to people and tell them what can they do different to help this wildlife out Absolutely in the wild. True. Because I think people always think it has to be some big grand gesture and it's way too hard to help wildlife. Small when they, things. Small, small things, things. Small things they can do every day in their life. And, and just and they add up. And they add up. And if you just make one change, if everybody just today made one change. If everyone today got a metal straw. I like, to I like to talk toilet time because that's what gets my nephews is talking let's, about the toilet. Okay, let's talk toilet time. <laughs> I, I, would, I would love everybody to go on Amazon and get a metal straw. Yes. And reject plastic straws when and wherever you see them. It's a small thing, but as they say, it's, it's just a plastic straw. Say 8 million people. So get a metal straw. But you're, let's, let's go back to toilet time. So if you take a plastic jug and you fill it, let's say you take a half gallon or a, or a quart gallon plastic jug and you fill it with rocks, mm -hmm. you can now put it in the back of your toilet tank. It displace, displaces a lot of water. Now every time you flush your toilet, you're usually using about a gallon less of water a day. And now you've put a plastic bottle that's not gonna find its way back into the landfill. And it'll it'll live back there your entire lifespan. And you don't, if there's one change you made to help save our seas and save more water, water is life. It's, it's the heart of the planet. It's the heart of SeaWorld. It's our heart. And there's one simple way you don't ever have to think again, and you've, you've just saved some water. That's right. Recycle, recycle, recycle. But that's, that's a brilliant idea. How much trash do you usually pick up, like going on a run like this? Well, I mean, we, just, we just picked up a Frisbee. I can say I have never been on a return where we have been out returning animals to the wild where we have not come across some sort of trash and had to pick it up. Uh, one day, it was really close to World's Ocean Day, and it really hit it and made a statement with us. We picked up eight balloons. And that My, was just mylar a, balloons. Mylar balloons, and that's what we could see on the surface. And we were all thinking, what does that mean we're not seeing that's underneath? And just prior to that, we had rescued a sea turtle. And that sea turtle, for four days, defecated plastic. Jerky bags. The jerky bag was amazing, this poor turtle. <laughs> so when you're going to go to the beach... Leave your leave the campsite cleaner than when you found it. Make sure you take it just it's so simple. Just pick up the pick up your trash, put it in a put it in a cloth bag, take it home, recycle what you can recycle, and then put the rest in the trash. But don't send it out into the ocean. Yeah, reduce, reuse. And and think, just think. It just takes it takes nothing. It takes nothing to recycle something. It takes nothing to, to get a cloth bag and just reuse it again and again and again. Don't ask for plastic bags. The steps are so small and they mean so much. It's like a fashion statement too. I'm just telling you right now, the, the reusable bags come in every color, shape, size. I'm good looking, but I put on my reusable bag, I'm that much better looking. Well, honey, you're just, just you're saying. a goddess anyway. You're just, <laughs> you're just, you're, you're everything. You can just find it. Yeah, simple things, simple tasks that everybody can do in their everyday life. And it'll help save our seas, help save the heart of the ocean, help number 73 that we just returned today. Because we want to return him in a place where he will be able to recover and we don't want to return him into a place where he's just swimming in a bunch of trash. That's right. 
Now tell me, what's the what is the rest of your day when you are not uh, releasing animals back into their homeland? <laughs> so one of the things I love best about this job, and I think everybody I work with does, is every day is different. We never quite know what we're coming into. But the first thing we always want to do is we want to check the rescue hotline. So if there's any new calls that have come in, if there's any animals in immediate need that we need to go out, we also need to take care. We need to check on and take care of the animals that are currently in our rehabilitation. Right. That's one of the most important things we do is go through and check on everybody. How did you do throughout the night? Or there may be a team member here because some nights we do have animals that require 24-hour watches. So we may be coming into a team member that's been here through the night with an animal. And then the day just starts. We may be going returning animals back to the wild like we did today. We may be rescuing more animals. Or we may just be providing care for the animals that we've rescued that really gotcha. need it. And these guys require, I always say what we do, it's emotional, it's mental, and it's physical. These mm -hmm. guys require mm -hmm. a lot of care. And the people that work here do what they do because they're passionate about it. It's not just a nine to five. They're here because they want to help these animals. And this is this also isn't your typical nine to five. This is not yeah. a desk job. This is, and 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 I think we also have to really kind of reiterate. N n no one's no one's getting rich here. No. I mean, this is the, 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 you do what you do because you love the animals yeah. so much not because you love you know putting massive amounts of money in your pocket which we all love but the bottom line is is that your priority are these animals I know I know zookeepers trainers you know these are not your you family know, understands not, too because you yeah. I remember one of the Christmases I worked we rescued eight animals that day and we came in early in the morning and we were here till a little after nine that night and it, it was Christmas and that is one of my oh I get teared up thinking about it. Oh, good girl. That was join one of my me, join favorite my club. Christmases. Like, I miss my family and I love them, but I know they supported what we were doing. And that day, we rescued nine animals Christmas Day. And that's what we're here to do. The 4th of July weekend is coming up. There's going to be a lot of people out on the beaches. And the 4th of July weekend will be, will be busy because we do also have to learn to share the shores. That is one of the reasons we do boat returns and not beach returns. Because in, in San Diego County, a good majority of the beaches are very populated. And we want to set these animals up for success. And I think that in the world of selfies, that's one of the things we need people to realize. Enjoy wildlife from a safe distance. It's their home. It's somewhere we like to enjoy too. So it's just all about sharing the shore and sharing that space. And the more people that are on the beaches, the more it pushes. For example, the other day, three little sea lion pups into a crevice where their mothers couldn't get to them. If we hadn't come in and gotten a phone call and gone to rescue them, because people, those animals would have drowned. Because people were trying to get selfies with them. Yeah, people, their heart's in the right place and they want a picture with the wildlife, but they just take a picture of the wildlife from a safe distance. And then it is people that call us and alert us to these animals. That's why we know those animals were there. But it, there was a lot of people and we needed to talk to everybody about just keeping a safe distance so these moms and sea lion pups can be on the beach and we can all watch and enjoy them. You know, I, 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 my, my initial response is I, I tend to go towards people are just they want what they want when they want it instant gratification and there's a there's a self-centeredness it's like no i want this is my world and everyone's just kind of rotating around it but i think i am incorrect in that and that you are correct when saying you know what enjoy it from a safe distance but you have to know that this animal is frightened that this is their home we are just guests and and once people once people are made aware I think the majority, I hope the majority of people will go, oh, you know what, as much as I want a selfie with that sea lion, it'd be so cute. It'd be just, you know, something for the, you know, folks back home or wherever. 
we see that we see that a lot when we're the, able to the educate turn, people the and turn. talk to them on the beach yeah. so they understand and that's sometimes all it takes is just a simple conversation yep um and that's why i always feel like we've we as people have done a lot to hurt the planet to hurt wildlife but we as people are also going to be the ones to make that change if it's and if save the planet and save the wildlife yeah, so yeah. and it just comes down to that one simple change every single day and just being aware of it it's, it's about it's, awareness it's it's, it's, a, it's about knowing because yeah. once you know something you really can't unknow it and if you continue to act in a way that is not uh, beneficial to the planet well then that's on you and and that's that's something different but yeah. most people I think when they're made aware they just aren't aware and so it's 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 like oh oh I didn't realize yeah. and they're getting close to the animal and the wildlife because they are enjoying right. it right they want to right. be part of it they want to experience right. it it's well just a matter well that's what that's the beauty part because there are very few people like me there are very few civilians that come back and are, and, are, and are able to go out on a rescue boat and get an animal to actually, you know, work with an animal in, in, in the rehabilitation process and then, and then go and release it. Very few like that. But that's the beauty of the park. Yeah. That's the beauty of the park because, yeah. because, you know, as I say, we don't care about what we don't know about. And once you know about something, and that's why, you know, seeing these ambassador animals up close, you never know, but you're, you've got the next you know, SeaWorld vet tech sitting in that audience. And, and they see the interaction between a human and a killer whale, and this killer whale in this beautiful environment and being so pampered and so spoiled. And it's like, you know what? Oh, I, that's, something, that's something so much larger than I, my, I, I, than I ever thought about. Look at this beautiful animal. I want to work with that. So that's, that's the beauty of this place. That was me. I live my life very differently because of everything I've seen and been in, impacted by at SeaWorld. So, oh, there's a little pup in the water. Where? Maybe that's your pup, Jonathan. If we come down this way, he dove under. I'll just keep watching in the water. So there's always sea lions down here too, but when it gets really busy, they all they all usually move off to these cliffs. There you can see, and then those cliffs over there. Oh my there. gosh. Okay. You watching this? One of the things we're having a problem with is because the, I shouldn't call it a problem. There's so many Are people. Are you looking down. for the sea lion with yeah, the? Yeah, okay, he's down there. Yeah, he's right down here. Oh, perfect. Thank, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, is the, the people are just part of their natural everyday right. habitat. So when people call well, he's not, and they'll, one of the things they'll say is he's not afraid of anyone. Have a great day. That's not so unusual down here. Right. Because there's always people, so they're really, you're just part of their environment down here. They're not always scared. So all of these little areas have different names. So when oh. we're talking to people, we try to figure out where we want to go. Right. So they're coming up on Alligator Rock. And right down here are the cliffs next to Boomers, or Boomers Beach area. Okay. In front of the Bridge Club, and that's where... Is that the... That's called the Bridge Club? It is the actual Bridge Club, yep. <laughs> okay. This right here shows you the sharing of the shore. Really slippery. When we go for her, these guys are all going to be an alarm clock. And they're, they're going to be a warning. They're going to let her know, and she's most likely going to get over the edge before we can get to her to get a net over her head safely because we don't want to run. Then we don't want her weight to take us up over the edge. Right. We also, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 
So there's seven newborn pups. Pups. Go on the beach or they will come higher. But what's hard is when we come down to moments like this when they're right on that edge in the wet rocks with nursing moms and pups in front of them. So it gets in that, I want to help this animal, I want to help it right now, but we need to... When we, yeah, because the minute if we, so let's say we decide we want to go for it, it becomes very leery of us. Sure. And, that, and now the next, we're the first, and, the first shot to be our best shot, right. our only shot. Right. And you can, I just saw one over there. There's a couple of them here with the orange tags. Yeah. Uh, and there's one right there. So here's some of the animals that have. That we've seen before. Yes. Either through. That could be one of the ones we just rescued this morning. Or it could be one that up in North County. Because you can remember that I said most of them kind of come between Orange, LA, Orange County and us. They go back and forth. Now all the males are coming in. We figured out that this is where a lot of the sub-adult or the younger males come. It's almost like they're practicing. Yeah. Because most of the breeding happens out on the Channel Islands, so that's where most of the bigger boys are. So it's a little bit of a them get, feeling their own. Now all these pups look look healthy. Yes, they all look good, and it's kind of nice to see that most of them are paired up. That one that's not paired up, you can see that belly. Look at that big fat belly. He obviously has a mom somewhere. That one was just nursing. That little guy right there, nobody's quite next to him, but. He looks, he looks we, okay. We don't want to just come down here and yeah, oh, that one doesn't have them. a mom and just take because right. mom's going to go out and forage. So yeah, we can go down this way. You guys can see some of the Okay. My God. Right, they do all love to come up and the seawall really protects them. You know, they feel safe. Right. Then I'll show you a spot where now they're trying to start to climb over the seawall and sleep on the sidewalk. The sidewalk's Whoa. warm climbers, but that's where people are getting concerned because they're climbing, climbing the sidewalk. And he might too, that's another thing where we kind of walk around and look at all the other animals, see if there's anyone else that might need help. He right. may move while you're here, but you can see he's scratching at it. Yeah. See, yeah. that red, we don't know for sure, but most of, so that's most likely gillnet, because that's usually what we see when that's red, and a lot of times that's in... Southern water. What just crawled out of the ocean? And the big handsome squid. And in. Oh. And done. And we're in. There he goes. There he goes. <laughs> He's had enough of us. Look at this. I hope she does.
sounds like me at dinner time. So beautiful. Do you know what that? He's just, he's just elegant. That way, it, it, it's a very, it's a very awkward angle to try and come around and get that. It's not impossible, but and now this pup's kind of complicated thing. These guys are gonna start moving that way. We don't want the pup to get bowled over into the. Honestly, if it was a foot this way, facing the other direction, you'd do it. I would say, I would say yeah, we, we could probably go for it. You know, but there's also this pump right here. And these guys, they're, they're complicated. Yeah. Okay, and we are back now in studio. Carolyn Hennessy, your animal animal magnetism host. Tracy Powell sitting in the studio with me. And, yay, the Alpha and the Omega, Gray Stafford, calling in all the way from Arizona, from Phoenix. Hello, my friend. How are you? Doing well. Good, and, good, good, uh, good, good. What a great episode you've got last week and this week. Yeah. Some really interesting yeah. uh, video and information. So as you can as you can see, there are many factors that go into determining whether or not they can or cannot bring an animal in. And as you saw, um, they they chose it was it was it was incumbent upon them not to try and rescue this particular sea lion with this gill netting because. Pups might have been disturbed. I mean, the animal was facing the wrong direction, and it would have seen them coming, and it would have dove over the sea wall, and so on and so forth. So it's kind of it's interesting, and it's it's heartbreaking, and it's extremely dangerous it, for the people absolutely. too when they go out there because of how slippery the rocks exactly. are. Exactly, and 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 the biggest learning thing for me as when I'm a um, you know civilian is that people encroaching on them push them further out so right. that sea lion was not going to come in where it would be safe to rescue it. exactly exactly and it was because of well people being looky-loos but also possibly trying to help so i know you really need to back off it's true the and we love the fact right gray that they want to help mm-hmm. they just don't not. they just don't know how yeah. and they need to be educated which of course is is, is right. what this show is all about also the fact that that as as i believe we heard jody say some of the pups would have alerted this particular sea lion, this right. lone sea lion, to the fact that, uh-oh. And the moms protect the pups. That's right. So then th- that even stops people right. from, from getting Yeah, it, that's an important point. You know, sea lions will congregate together like that to bask, like you say. Uh, mothers will kind of create nursery areas because there's safety in numbers. Sea lions aren't particularly social animals. They just tend to hang out together. And a large reason for that is that early alert system that you just alluded right. to. So. Right. Uh, and, and Tracy, you're absolutely right. It's, you know, four or 500 pound sea lion is potentially a dangerous animal. And uh, I think a lot of times people might be frustrated or even angry that they don't go out and rescue that animal right away on that particular day. Uh, I was but there really, are reasons for why they don't. Yeah. And, and I was uh, excited uh, to be there and have them be able to talk to the public. And then I began talking more and more to the public as right? if I was one of them. Right. Once I felt empowered enough to have the right things to say, because 
they were saying, did you see that? Do you know that that's happening? And we were able to say that's why we they were called and we are here for that reason. And here's why we can't go out. And then hopefully that they're educated and that spreads and to exactly and they will disseminate people. that information it's yeah. like well why aren't they rescuing well and it's it's incumbent then upon a, just a single member of the public to say here's why they can't i just learned this here's why they Let's can't back up and yeah. then i think uh, probably in the next episode we will give you an update as to that sure. particular sea lion and if they have uh if they've snagged it yet and were able to uh, cut this gill netting or this netting uh, away from its uh, from its neck, and we I will I will make sure that we get an update yeah, on that particular. Yeah, well, and also that they answered know, sad- every call. Say, I'm sorry. Say, say again, Gray. I was just going to sadly, you know, this is not an isolated case. No. We have animals entangled by uh, fishing debris and plastics and so forth every single day all over the world, and not just sea lions, but you know, killer whales and and blue whales and gray whales and, and all sorts of cetaceans. Can you say vaquita? <laughs> well, the other interesting thing about this is I think a lot of uh, people in the public think that you can just take a, you know, a rifle and dart an animal and anesthetize them no. and immediately immobilize them. And so this provides the opportunity to say, well, no, you probably don't want to anesthetize an animal that's swimming because it'll drown. Right. And and those tranquilizers often don't work. And when they do work, they don't work instantaneously like they do in television. Uh, and we've, I, I've had that conversation. I can't tell you how many times in my career as to when an animal gets out of an enclosure at a zoo, for example, why they don't simply just dart it. Well, sometimes we're not given that option because the chemistry, the technology just doesn't work like it might work in the movies. Exactly. And, and with, with, for instance, this particular sea lion, uh, it was not actually in the water, but you darted and it spooks and it doesn't and that tranquilizer doesn't take take effect. It goes over and then into the sea and it could easily. Yeah, there drown. was no way they could have gotten no. to her on time. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. But it's fascinating again. And you're right. They answer every single call in that area. Yeah. I love seeing that. Uh, that made me. I mean, I was already sold, of course, but I just loved seeing that so that I could go back and say they answer the phone. Jody answered every single call that came in yeah. about any animal. They are the crown jewel in the stranding chain yeah. in the uh, in the in the rehabilitation and rescue network. Um, they're, and, and they're I've, the I've known jewel. Jody for years, and you know that's hard work yeah. because with every success story, there are many many more that aren't successful. It's true. The animals don't survive that's their true. injuries or the illnesses, uh, or they're they're too weak to even be rescued. They have to be euthanized on the spot, and that happens too all too often and every day. And so that can wear on a person, just like we see the, the uh, emotional fatigue for caregivers, for people, as well as for veterinarians and, and, and their clients. Uh, you can see that in the rescue community. For, oh, by, gosh. Absolutely. Jody, yeah. Jody Westberg is, as far as I'm concerned, an Amazon. She's possibly mm-hmm. one of the strongest individuals I've ever met. She's just, she's yeah. this kind of, I mean, as, as you see, this redheaded goddess but she's she's she looks so tough. She's a cream puff on the inside. She's gooey, <laughs> gooey marshmallow filling. But boy, yeah. when it comes down to it, she will just she'll bowl she'll bowl you out of the way to get to an animal, and that's 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 I think how big her heart is. Yeah. You are um, you are sold on on SeaWorld Rescue, SeaWorld the the collection at SeaWorld, SeaWorld. SeaWorld Corporation and what they do, but you are kind of new, my dear friend Tracy, to the 
animal advocacy world? Comparatively. Comparatively, yes. I have always been an animal lover. I have always, I had a business that was dedicated to dogs and animals. Um, I have always read up on it. I consider myself pretty educated about it in my little bubble. Mm -hmm. So I, as I would think you would agree, I jumped on with no questions asked. Like, my God, it was a moving train and you jumped on. Right. So, so, um, but yes, now I'm, I'm so excited to go out with even more information and armed with more information and names and, um, you know, facts, figures, statistics. Facts and figures, but yes. I mean, but more specifically, who are the good ones? Who are the ones that are actually doing the work that they say that they're doing? Those things where I, you get you're inundated in the mail with people asking for your money, and to be able to now disseminate who's who who deserves it, right? Who's doing the work, right? I feel, and I, I have so much more to go, but I do feel way more educated in that respect as well. Well, you also have two great resources. You have myself and the great resource of Gray. Yeah. Abso- <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, I was asking you that immediately. But, How are these yeah. people? Do they put their money where their mouth is, or yeah. does it go into lawyers' pockets and slush funds? Yes, I know. Or their own. Yeah. Well, their own. We, we definitely need your help, Tracy, because uh, once again this week we had some tough news. Let's talk about this. Fund. Let's and and yeah. and this and this this again directly, indirectly and directly, uh, it relates to and 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 affects SeaWorld, and that is yeah. TripAdvisor. So, Gray, what can you tell us about this insane decision by TripAdvisor? Well, Trip, TripAdvisor, uh, obviously a big travel website. Uh, it has fallen along the same lines as Virgin Holidays and Thomas Cook, which is no longer in business in that they've decided that there will be no more selling of animal-related attractions, particularly those related to marine mammals and cetaceans in particular. So if you're doing a dolphin swim at Discovery Cove, and I know you've done that, you've, you've seen that experience firsthand. And at SeaWorld. Uh, they will no longer offer that as, as, an, as an option for their customers. And they made a big uh, to-do about it this past week. And apparently they, they went to industry insiders and, and critics, critics of, of the industry but there's no one I know from within the industry that they actually spoke with. Uh, I'm still well, trying to figure out who they might have actually talked to. Well, of course not, because they would, it's have a, it's been, a bad they would have been given a whole slew of facts that contradict their narrative, yeah. their agenda, the activist agenda. And, and yeah. what contradicts the activist agenda is rational, realistic, and correct. So of course they're not going to want to speak. So what if people want that in part of their as part of their package? They're going to refuse it. I don't. I don't know, Gray. They're not going to offer it. They're not going to offer it on. You won't see it on their website. Um, they're going to phase all that out of their offerings on their website. So my advice to people is go to other travel yeah, sites. So you can just you know, go elsewhere. Expedia. Um, yeah. I think Booking.com is also good. You know that's the great thing. There's so much competition in the travel space. I I really don't understand how organizations like this. Can, can just throw out all these accredited facilities that do conservation work, that do rescue rehab like you just talked about, that we just saw for ourselves. It, it makes no sense because it really undercuts the goal, which is conservation, education, research. Because they only got half the information, like you said. Well, absolutely they only true. Got half and the, the thing is, what they don't understand is that ticket price it goes not simply to keeping the collection happy and healthy and and you know stimulated and energized it goes to SeaWorld rescue mm-hmm. towards keeping the wild population 
uh, you know, and happy and healthy. All those calls. Answering the calls and it, it enables SeaWorld Corporation to to become a global influencer, to do to have like global conservation programs. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to extend extend the reach, not just in San Diego Bay, not just in Mission Bay, but across the country and across the world. And the, it funds research. It, uh, it, 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 it does so much more than go into the pockets of stockholders. Uh, yes, SeaWorld's a corporation. It has to answer to its stockholders. But, but because of that, they're able to then go far afield and and TripAdvisor cutting off, it, TripAdvisor is basically anti-animal. They are anti-animal. They are not pro-animal. They are anti-animal. By doing this, they have shown their true stripes. And they are aligned with PETA, which is, again, the largest anti-animal organization on the planet. So, so shame on you, TripAdvisor. Shame on you for, for turning your back on dolphins, killer whales, cetaceans of all kinds, and and animals in general. Turning Shame back on, on you. Rescue and rehab. And rescue and rehab, and therefore, in a, to, to extrapolate much larger, turning your back on all of us because when the animals go, we go. Simple. Well, and as and, that. It, and, it got, and it got a little worse because now Airbnb is doing the same thing. They have this rather haphazard animal policy, and it, it essentially is going to do the same thing where they're they're not going to package together animal attractions, um, particularly with respect to marine mammals. So uh, we need to celebrate those companies that haven't had the Kool-Aid, that understand that commerce done ethically and legally and so forth helps contribute to the rescue and rehab that you and Tracy had a chance to, to witness firsthand. Uh, because sooner or later, someone's got to pay for that, right? Those animals washing up on the shores of California, someone's going to pay for that. And if SeaWorld doesn't step up and do it, and, and their stockholders don't allow for that, which they do, uh, then the taxpayers are going to have to pay for that. Or some That's other true. philanthropic organization is going to have to do that in Southern California. Absolutely. Or we will, have, we will have a vastly larger number of animals perishing in the wild. And it's not... Yeah. It's not nature taking its course. And I want to I continue to reiterate that to my viewers, to my listeners. It's not nature taking its course because we have so utterly fucked up the planet and more specifically with regard to SeaWorld, the ocean. And that strip of that strip of ocean that's that that surrounds, you know, every single continent, that two to five mile strip, which is where 95 percent of the life in the ocean lives, not out in the deep water. That's the other that's the other five percent or two percent, depending on if it's, if it's 95 or 98, whatever. It's small. The, the majority lives lives right off of Mission Bay. And we have so utterly turned that into a sewer with human waste Prescription drugs, hypodermics, condoms, filth of all stripes. And that's what they're swimming in. So no, these animals washing up on shore, netting around, you know, fishing, fishing line. That's emaciated us. from no food. Say that again? They're ma- many of them are emaciated from lack of food. Because exactly. the oceans have changed their pattern and they're warmer. So the sardines have moved further off the, the coastline and the, the females... They can't get enough prey to nourish themselves, much less lactate. And so they're gone at sea further and longer. And the pups head out on their own well before they're ready to be weaned. 
Uh, it's a cycle we've seen for many, many years now in, in California, up and down the coastline. And the other, the other tragic thing about this anti-conservation, anti-animal welfare position that, that Airbnb, TripAdvisor, Virgin, and, and so forth have taken is someone is going to have to make a decision on the beach whether or not to preserve that animal that might have a chance of surviving or just simply euthanize it because there's no money, no, no resources, no facility to take them. And I have to believe that your well-to-do friends living along Malibu would be mortified to know that an otherwise savable animal is simply being euthanized on the beach because there's nowhere for it to go and no one to pick up the tab. I have to believe and that, that will happen. I have to believe they would too. And maybe there needs to be some type of, I don't know, brochure or fundraiser or, or, you know, skywriting that says, you know, give to SeaWorld, save the animals on your own beach. You know what I mean? I, there's, there's, there has to be a way to communicate this um, to the people who, 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 again, just as corporations like TripAdvisor and Airbnb have drunk the Kool-Aid, there are, as we know, celebrities, actors, actor activists who have also drunk the Kool-Aid who don't want to hear it. But there are those who do. There are those who will listen. There are those who are smart and rational and realistic. And I, I have to believe that... Maybe they don't constitute the majority in this town, but their voices can be can be can be loud enough. So I and, and I don't really even care if people donate to SeaWorld or other remodel facilities, conservation funds. Just get off our back. For that's God's true. sake, yeah, get off exactly. Our freaking exactly. Back. Exactly. Exactly. You don't want to right. You don't want to necessarily support us. That's fine. Don't right. slam us at every single turn, especially when you don't know what you're talking about, and if you did know what you were talking about, you wouldn't be slamming us. Hey, catch 22. Catch and don't 22. slam the people that want to support exactly. SeaWorld and want to support good zoos and aquariums and want to support conservation and those companies that support those organizations. Leave them alone. Exactly. Peddle your, peddle your shit somewhere else, folks. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. So uh, by the time this airs, um, because this is going to air, well, Sunday the 6th, and... Uh, when we're taping this particular, is it's, it's the 4th. It's Friday. And so tonight, Gray, um, at the Los Angeles Zoo, it's called um, Story Slam. And uh, I, am, I am one of about, I think it's about 10, 10 people. Most of them are directly affiliated with the zoo, either in the administrative offices or uh, we've got uh, we've got trainers, we've got handlers, keepers. Um, I'm the only one who's kind of peripherally affiliated with the zoo, and, but we are all telling stories of animals that impacted our lives, and mm. uh, and I am telling the story of the wonderful elephant in Cambodia, who um, who so profoundly affected me. Um, but I'm leading off with, once again, the story of how Gray Stafford reached out to me. <laughs> Changed your mind, right? Changed, well, and said, and, and <laughs> said, no, <laughs> he says, poor thing. He, he, Gray is always apologizing for what he did to me. And it's like, bless you. Bless <laughs> you. But, I, but uh, for those who don't know the story very quickly, um, uh, Gray reached out to me after I had posted a video on Twitter 12 years ago. Um, that and I did not have all the facts, and I and Gray, who is also and his wife are fans of General Hospital, yay, and uh, said, "Oh, Miss Hennessy, thank you so much, thank you so much for caring for the animals and being uh, being a voice and et cetera, et cetera, Smart. et cetera." Smart, and I said, "Cause flattery will get you everywhere." 
um, <laughs> made and, you keep reading, and, yeah. and made me keep reading, and said, and the, the last line was, "You might want to know this." And then he listed the facts and how I was wrong, and I went nuts, and well, I we, said, "I said I must know who you are. Who are you? Who are you, fabulous man?" And 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 there, so I'm going to lead off with that, my friend, and how. And from, Tracy, she's been kicking herself ever since. Kicking now. myself, she has <laughs> ass. She has not. And I, I, but I was thinking of that very story when you were just talking because I did know that story, and I was thinking that's the kind of person that we hope you were talking about with the people who live in Malibu, who, who maybe misinformed and do definitely care, but don't have the right information. But we have to get a hold of the people who, like you, went out there, slammed whatever you slammed yeah. because you thought you were doing the right thing, but you heard the right message message and, and, and changed your mind exactly they I, have to just be willing to go oh it's we're all on the same page right. but now i have all the information so now i i will go in this direction right. to actually make a difference right you changed course changed because course. of that and i wouldn't have even considered myself an activist i mean i wasn't even an activist i mean certainly no. not like the kind that i no, have no. i have i have i've envisioned or i've that i've met encountered but um but but i wasn't as fully f informed about the advocacy side so so god bless you the thing we the who we have to get in touch with are the people who um have heard the correct heard the facts heard the statistics with regard to the advocacy side and aren't looking over their shoulder going yeah but if i if i align with you i'll never work again that makes no sense to me but if i align with you i'll have you know so and so and, so and so and so and so and so who says who will who will come down on me and i i need to you know i know well of course yeah. but but this business of of show is a fear-based business especially these days so well so and they, we they need to hear from from storytellers like you because storytelling is how you really reach people and, yeah. and their yeah. Thinking yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but so, so, but by the time this airs Sunday night, we will, it will, it will have been determined whether I cried on Friday night or not in telling my I'm story. I will. fully <laughs> expect myself to cry. I will be bringing Kleenex. I'm going to lay down some real money saying Carolyn sheds a tear or two. I, sheds yeah, a tear I, or two. I, exactly. I That's that. no bet. That's no bet. Please. <laughs> yeah. Please. Yeah, I'm, I'm counting my money now. I'm, count, count your money. Yeah, but who's betting against you? I don't know. Yeah, nobody's betting against me. <laughs> no. All that. right. I think we are coming to the end of another amazing animal magnetism e episode. Um, Andrea. Andrea, God love you. We miss you so, so much. This show would actually not... not uh, come to fruition every two weeks without Andrea Compton. So we all hail. All hail to our, our our dear girl up in uh, up in Seattle, Tracy, my new my new my new compatriot, <laughs> my new partner in in animal crime, animal oh, crime. advocacy crime in all crime, in of all course, crime. of course. Also my escape room, <laughs> yes, and 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 our next escape room that will make number fifty, fifty five zero, five zero. in still not a year in ten months, yeah, ten months, and and in your spare time Disneyland, and we go to Disneyland a lot. <laughs> we try. Why not? There's no reason why not. Why not? Grace Stafford, uh, one of the dearest, best, most phenomenal humans I know. Thank you so much for oh, coming on every two weeks. That's right. That's right. You need animal training uh, advice, uh, listener, by Zook, by um, um, Zumility. I was about to say zookeeper in the room. No, that's <laughs> I just com I just combined two different names. Zumility, 
by Dr. Gray Stafford, Gray Stafford, Ph.D., buy it, your uh, animal training troubles will disappear. Um, but thank you so much, again, for being my staunch, staunch ally and my guru in all of this. I could not, I could not have done it without you. I would, have be, I would be foundering on the rocks. So bless you, and thank you for taking time today to come on with us and talk about uh, everything that we've talked about. You bet. Really, really appreciate you. All right, that's it. So two weeks will be the third in our ongoing love letter to SeaWorld Rescue and what they do. Don't forget this show, I know, I know, this show is brought to you by Nutrient Touch, which is a division of Nutrient Body Sculpt, uh, NutrientBodySculpt.com. Nutrient Touch is for animals, and it is a micronutrient, herbal, uh, mineral uh, bath for your pets, dogs, cats, horses, uh, are, are the three main main uh, beneficiaries of this. And uh, Maggie Hale, who's, uh, who was a hospice nurse, uh, developed this for humans to reduce inflammation. And, of course, when you reduce inflammation, you shed a few pounds. That's just a delightful byproduct. But she has now developed this for animals. Veterinarians are using it. People, people are, 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 are experiencing wonderful, wonderful results. So if you have an animal, an older animal, uh, an animal in distress that you think is possibly has some inflammation, an animal that maybe you've given up on, Nutrient Touch can be found at NutrientBodySculpt.com. I strongly encourage you to uh, check it out. Uh, you could uh, you could have the life saving uh, the life saving you know micronutrients and minerals that you need for this for your particular animal. So go get Nutrient Touch for your animals. They will thank you. You will thank Maggie Hale. And of course, you'll thank me. So, uh, and, 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 and again, we also sponsored by SeaWorld. We love our friends at SeaWorld. All hail SeaWorld, and especially SeaWorld Rescue. Dave Koontz, Jody Westberg, we miss you. We love you. We're going to come down and see you again real soon. But ne in the next two weeks, another episode of our ongoing le love letter. So we will see you in two weeks. Thank you for watching this episode of Animal Magnetism. Always remember, in everything you do, Cultivate the preservationist heart. It will stand you in such good stead. You will go a long, long way. I'm your host, Carolyn Hennessy. See you in two weeks. Bye-bye.